Good morning. Welcome to our worship. Christ is risen. He is risen Hallelujah. Thank you. Pastor Brian and Jane are away on their often delayed and well-deserved vacation. Um, they are driving into Canada arriving there in a couple of days. Um, they're driving into the coldest place on earth. <laughs> so we pray that they encounter only fair weather as they bring their RV back. <clears throat> Don't want to um, imagine doing that in the snow. Today's message is from Malachi, the last book in the Old Testament. You all remember Malachi, right? Uh, neither did I, don't feel bad. But I know that through Malachi, God delivered a harsh message to those he called arrogant. You don't want to be among them when the Lord comes again. But as always, there's good news for the faithful. Whether you're here or online, it's my prayer that through the hymns, the songs, the message, and most especially through the body and blood of our Lord, that your faith will be strengthened. Please rise for our first song.
In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. If we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. But if we confess our sins, God, who is faithful and just, will forgive our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Let us then confess our sins to God our Father. Most merciful God, we confess that we are by nature sinful and unclean. We have sinned against you in thought, word, and deed, by what we have done and by what we have left undone. We have not loved you with our whole heart. We have not loved our neighbors as ourselves. We justly deserve your present and eternal punishment. For the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ, have mercy on us. Forgive us, renew us, and lead us, so that we will walk will and walk in your ways to the glory of your holy name. Amen. In the mercy of Almighty God, Jesus Christ was given to die for us, and for his sake God forgives us all our sins. To those who believe in Jesus Christ, he gives the power to become the children of God, and bestows on them the Holy Spirit. May the Lord, who has begun this good work in us, bring it to completion in the day of our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen.
Please be seated. The Old Testament reading for this morning is taken from the book of Malachi, chapter 4, verses 1 through 6. For behold, the day is coming, burning like an oven, when all the arrogant and evildoers will, st- have, will be stubble. The day that is coming shall set them ablaze, says the Lord of hosts, so that it will leave them neither root nor branch. But for you who fear my name, The sun of righteousness will rise with healing in his wings. You shall go out leaping like calves from the stall, and you shall tread down the wicked, for they shall be ashes before the soles of your feet on the day when I act, says the Lord of hosts. Remember the law of my servant Moses, the statutes and just decrees that I commanded him at Horeb for all Israel. Behold, I will send you Elijah, the prophet, before the great and awesome day of the Lord comes. And he will turn the hearts of fathers to their children, and the hearts of children to their fathers. Lest I come and strike the land with a decree of utter destruction. This is the word of the Lord. Our epistle lesson is today taken from 2 Thessalonians chapter 3, verses 1 through 13. Finally, brothers, pray for us that the word of the Lord may speed ahead and be honored, as happened among you, that we may be delivered from wicked and evil men. For not all have faith, but the Lord is faithful. He will establish you and guard you against the evil one. And we have confidence in the Lord about you, that you are doing and will do the things that we command. May the Lord direct your hearts to the love of God and to the steadfastness of Christ. Now we command you, brothers, in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that you keep away from any brother who is walking in idleness and not according with the tradition that you received from us. For you yourselves know how you ought to imitate us, because we were not idle when we were with you, nor did we eat anyone's bread without paying for it. But with toil and labor we worked night and day, that we might not be a burden to any of you. It was not because we did not have the right, but to give you in ourselves an example to imitate. For even when when, when we were with you, we will give you this command. If anyone is not willing to work, let him not eat. For we hear that some among you walk in idleness, not work, at, not busy at work, but busy bodies. Now, such people are, we command and encourage in the Lord Jesus Christ to do their work quietly and to earn their own living. As for you, brothers, do not grow weary in doing good. This is the word of the Lord. 
rise for the reading of the Holy Gospel. The Holy Gospel according to St. Luke, the 21st chapter. Glory to you, o Lord. While some were speaking of the temple, how it was adorned with noble stones and offerings, Jesus said, As for these things that you see, the days will come when there will not be left here one stone upon another that will not be thrown down. And they asked him, Teacher, when will these things be, and what will be the signs? that these things are about to take place. And he said, See that you are not led astray, for many will come in my name, saying, I am he, and the time is at hand. Do not go after them. And when you hear of wars and tumults, do not be terrified, for these things must first take place, but the end will not be at once. Then he said to them, Nation will rise against nation, and kingdom against kingdom. There will be great earthquakes, and in various places famines and pestilences. And there will be terrors and great signs from heaven. But before all this, they will lay their hands on you and persecute you, delivering you up to the synagogues and prisons, and you will be brought before kings and governors for my name's sake. This will be your opportunity to bear witness Settle it, therefore, in your minds, not to meditate beforehand how to answer. For I will give you a mouth and wisdom, which none of your adversaries will be able to withstand or contradict. You will be delivered up even by parents and brothers and relatives and friends, and some of you they will put to death. You will be hated by all for my name's sake, but not a hair of your head will perish. By your endurance you will gain your lives. But when you see Jerusalem surrounded by armies, then know that its desolation has come near. Then let those who are in Judea flee to the mountains, and let those who are inside the city depart, and let not those who are out in the country enter it, for these are days of vengeance to fulfill all that is written. Alas for women who are pregnant, and for those who are nursing infants in those days. For there will be great distress upon the earth and wrath against this people. They will fall by the edge of the sword and be led captive among all nations. And Jerusalem will be trampled underfoot by the Gentiles until the times of the Gentiles are fulfilled. And there will be signs in sun and moon and stars and on the earth distress of nations and perplexity because of the roaring of the sea and the waves, people fainting with fear and with foreboding of what is coming on the world. For the powers of the heavens will be shaken, and then they will see the Son of Man coming in a cloud with power and great glory. Now when these things begin to take place, straighten up and raise your heads, because your redemption is drawing near. This is the Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you,
Please be seated. Are there any children today who would like to come forward for a children's message? Good morning. Have a seat. Tell everyone in the congregation, they may not know, but give us your, your first name and last name. I am Corbin Spurgeon. Elisha Spurgeon. Okay, Spurgeon Brothers, huh? Awesome. Good to have you this morning. Well, you know what we talked about last Sunday? I think you were here last Sunday. We talked about resurrection. You know what that means? So what did Jesus do after he died on the cross? He was buried, and then he, you're right, he rose again. And that's kind of a special thing for us, isn't it? Because that assures us that we're going to go to heaven someday. Very good, you had that. Okay, I want you to take a look at these pants. Wonderful. Is there anybody else? Okay, good to have you. And what's your name? Penny. Okay. Good to have you, Penny. These are a favorite pair of pants of mine. I wore them one day, but they've been washed and worn too much. What happened to them? Worn down. Yeah, they worn down and ripped. Wore out, right? Yeah. Think you'd like to wear them? And I liked them. I enjoyed wearing them, but it didn't work forever. And nothing really does work forever. What happens is things get worn out. You think things are going to get worn out on this earth, too? You think that shirt will last forever? How about those shoes? Will they last forever? No. Eventually, and you're smiling. You're right. You guys probably will grow out of them before you wear them out. But when you get to be my age, you wear things out, and they don't work anymore. They don't fit anymore. You don't want to wear them. Okay? But what, what did Jesus say about him? Is he going to wear out and be gone forever? No. Is he, he's always going to be where? He's always there, isn't he? He promised he would be there. And guess what's going to happen? He's, going to, he's there, and he's, someday he's going to what? Come back. That's right. He's going to come back. And so the lesson today is we've got to be ready for them. When we heard the gospel, we heard how all these terrible things are going to happen in the world. And it's going to be a sign that he's coming. And we have reminders all the time. Have you ever seen a, light, a lightning strike? What happens after a lightning strike? You would know in the Midwest without hesitation. But a lightning strike usually is followed by thunder. And has you ever been in a real thunderstorm and really the windows shake? Don't find them in California. Okay, but they really crack and it really shakes buildings. It's amazing how powerful thunder can be followed, you know, with lightning. But what do we need to do before Jesus comes? Get ready. Get ready. So my pants, are they going to help me out? No, they're all worn out. But can you get ready? How are you going to get ready? Okay, being baptized, good. Studying his word. But what else should we be doing? Worshiping, what you're doing this morning? What else should we be doing? Praying, all those. But what about your friends? What, do we should, what should we do with them? Tell them. Magic word. We need to share. 
Because you guys have got a real good path laid out for you. You're on your way to heaven. You know why? Because you believe in Jesus and yeah, God. He died for you. He's made a special place for you. So even though we get older, our pants wear out, things happen, and it's going to get worse before he comes. But he didn't. Did he tell us when he's coming? That's why you always have to be ready. Okay. So what happens is we're going to be ready, and we're going to share the gospel with others. Share with your friends. Tell them about how you love Jesus because he loves you. Can you do that? Yeah, you get a chance to tell them, I love Jesus and he loves me. All right, sounds good. Do you have any questions this morning? So your, your command today is take it home. You can even start with your parents' practice. Can I tell you about Jesus? And then do that. Because so, I'm getting ready to tell my friends about Jesus. And they'll help you with that, okay? All right, so think about that when you're with your friends this week. I think you still have school this week, right? Yeah, you're still going to school. All right, with all of us then, shall we say a prayer? We're going to be prepared for when Jesus comes. It's like you said to be ready. Repeat after me. Dear Jesus, thank you for taking care of me. No matter what happens in my life. Help me to keep growing in my faith. And not be afraid, but, but to trust you always. Amen. You are a good class today. Thank you.
mercy and peace from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. Peter the Great was the Tsar of Russia from 1682 to 1725. He was one of his country's greatest statesmen, organizers, and reformers. He was also six foot eight inches tall. He must have towered over the men of his day. He lived in a palace filled with exquisite artwork. Yet whenever he saw a sunrise, he wondered why many did not awaken early enough to view one of the most glorious sights in the universe. They delight, he said, in gazing on a picture, the trifling work of a mortal, and at the same time neglect the one painted by the hand of the deity himself. There can be no denying that the dynamic colors and grandeur of a sunrise is more stunning than anything man can put on canvas. Have you noticed, however, that in the last 30 or so years, the sun has become an object of fear more than wonder? That star of ours which puts on a show every sunrise and sunset that gives us light and heat and which can make all the difference between a blah day or a cheery one is now seen as a threat, an existential threat. We're all about to die because of the sun. As Lutherans, we believe in the inerrancy of scripture where God tells us how he created the sun for our good. Now doctors tell us that the sun's ultraviolet rays can cause wrinkles and even worse, cancer. And we know that can happen. Should we fear the sun? Not necessarily. If you apply sunscreen, the sun is a blessing. But if you skip the copper tone, be prepared to suffer the consequences. In our sermon text today, the prophet Malachi reports that come judgment day, the sun of righteousness will rise. The sun of righteousness is another name for the son of God, Jesus Christ. Malachi goes on to tell us that Christ's return will be great for some, but terrifying for others. Or to put it as the text does, the sun of righteousness will rise to burn the arrogant and to heal and warm the reverend. Malachi lived about 430 years before Christ was born. He lived at a time when God's people, the Israelites, were tired of seeing the wicked prosper, while those who did good had little to show for their efforts. God sent Malachi to assure his people that in time he would punish the wicked. But before they rejoiced at that bit of news, the people were to carefully consider whether or not they were among the wicked. In our text, God describes the wicked as those who were arrogant. Was God speaking about the politicians of the day? Was he ranting against overpaid professional athletes? No, he wasn't. The book of Malachi starts with these words. O priests who despise my name, who offer blind animals in sacrifice, 
Is that not evil? And when you offer those that are lame or sick, is that not evil? Present that to your governor. Will he accept you and show you favor, says the Lord? You profane my name when you say that the Lord's table is polluted and its fruit, that its food may be despised. And you say, what a weariness this is. Ouch, those words hit close to home. Have I shown contempt for God's awesome name? Have I dared to bring him less than my best? With shame, I have to say yes, at times I have. And therefore, I am among the arrogant that God speaks about in our text. If God's spokesmen showed contempt for his name, should it be surprising when the parishioners do the same? And so God said of the people of Malachi's day, and this second thing you do, you cover the Lord's altar with tears, with weeping and groaning, because he no longer regards the offering or accepts it with favor from your hand. But you say, why does he not? Because the Lord was witness between you and the wife of your youth, to whom you have been faithless, though she is your companion and your wife by covenant. When God talks about the arrogant, he's not referring to people out there. He's not speaking about those who slept in Sunday morning or were too tired and didn't bother to come to church. He's talking to us, his people who come to worship, who even bring offerings, but perhaps have forgotten that worshiping our Lord does not end with the final hymn or song. Worship of the true God continues outside of the church in the way that we treat one another, including our spouse. If we have broken faith with our spouse, we have broken faith with God and are also included in those whom God considers to be arrogant. Oh, and God is just beginning to describe the arrogant. He said to the nation of Israel in Malachi 3, Will man rob God? Yet you are robbing me. But you say, how have we robbed you? In your tithes and contributions. You are cursed with a curse, for you are robbing me, the whole nation of you. Bring the full tithe into the storehouse, that there may be food in my house, and thereby put me to the test, says the Lord of hosts, if I will not open the windows of heaven for you, and pour down for you a blessing until there is no more need. So the arrogant are also those who withhold from the Lord their first fruit offerings. The arrogant see their time and their cash as their own. They make excuses as why they can't give the way God wants us to. They may say that they're waiting for a further, further uh, worthy project to contribute towards, or they're waiting to make that first million. But what does God say? He urges us to put him first now. He wants us to determine how much of our income we're going to give back to him before we spend on ourselves and give God whatever we have left over. Giving God 10%, 15%, even 
of our income might seem like a foolish thing to do. But don't arrogantly lean on your own understanding of how finances work. Trust God's promise that when we put him first, he will bless us abundantly, that we won't have rooms big enough to hold all his blessings. No, it's just not the self-absorbed pop stars nor the greedy first-round draft picks that God considers to be arrogant. All who have made God number two in their life are the arrogant. That's us, isn't it? And that's bad news because God says through Malachi chapter 4, now in my mind, I can see Charlton Heston dressed as Moses slamming his staff to the ground and proclaiming, For behold, the day is coming, burning like an oven, when all the arrogant and all evildoers will be stubble. The day that is coming shall set them ablaze, says the Lord of hosts, so that it will leave them neither root nor branch. When the Son of Righteousness, Jesus Christ, arises, the arrogant, whom God compares to stubble, the leftover, no good part of the grain that's been harvested, will be so thoroughly burned that there will be neither root nor branch left to it. In other words, once God gets hold of the arrogant on Judgment Day, there will be no hope of salvation for them. Their future is bleak because God's judgment is fierce and it's final. So who can stand in the presence of the Son of Righteousness and not get burned? Who will escape the flames of hell come Judgment Day? The reverent will. For while there will be no second chances come Judgment Day, none will be needed for those who have put their trust in Jesus. That's what Malachi assures us of when he wrote in Malachi 4. But for you who fear my name, the Son of Righteousness shall rise with healing in its wings. You shall go out leaping like calves from the stall. And if you've ever watched calves at play, that paints a picture of pure joy. Have you ever gone camping in the rain? Some of you have, apparently. It's not a pleasant experience, is it? You're cold, you're wet, and after a few hours of tossing and turning, you're seriously considering pulling up stakes and heading home to a warm shower and a warm bed, even if it is 3 a.m. and you'll have to drive hundreds of miles to get there. But what can make all the difference to such a camping trip? The sun can, right? If the sun should come up the next morning, it will quickly warm you and help you see everything in a new light. Pastor Brian tells of just such a trip when he was backpacking in New Mexico nine years ago. It rained for the first five days and nights. Dave Five was truly miserable as he and his Boy Scouts tried to climb to the top of a mountain in a torrential rainfall. The boys would have probably been happy to go home at that point if he had asked, but they woke the following morning to the healing warmth of the sun. 
the mountain that looked so foreboding in the damp fog and rain just the day before now stood as a splendid sentinel begging to be conquered. After 20 minutes of standing in the rejuvenating sunlight, they had forgotten the dreary experience of the previous five days. That's what believers have to look forward to on Judgment Day. Jesus will return to warm us and make us forget the pain and suffering we have endured here. But how can this be? How can Jesus burn the arrogant and warm the reverent at the same time? It's simple. The reverent are wearing sunscreen. (laughs) They are dressed in a robe of righteousness that Jesus made with his tears, blood, and guts when he died on Calvary and came back to life again three days later. The arrogant, on the other hand, foolishly dress in their own good deeds. They think that because they've been pretty good people that they will be able to withstand the Son of Righteousness. Well, that's like a tourist thinking he can safely view a volcanic eruption up close because he's dressed in his lucky t-shirt and shorts. Dear brothers and sisters in Christ, don't be arrogant. Don't view yourself more highly than you ought. Instead, be reverent. Humbly acknowledge before the Lord that you have not always put him first and stop blaming others for your sins. The reverent are not only humble, they are trusting. They throw themselves on Jesus' mercy, confident that he has paid for all sin. It's this confidence in Jesus that makes us ready for the day he will come to warm us. So when will the Son of Righteousness rise? We don't know. We can say this, though. The glow of dawn has been in the air for some time now. Jesus said that wars, rumors of wars, and false prophets would all be signs of the end times, as would the fact that his word will be preached in all the world. I'd say that everything is nearly set for Christ's return. It has been for some time. So rid yourself of the arrogance and reverently put on that heavenly sunscreen, Jesus Christ. For only then are we ready to have fun in the sun. Amen. Let us pray. Gracious Heavenly Father, help us to put on the sunscreen provided by the blood of your Son, Jesus Christ, so that we might stand fully in the sun on Judgment Day free from fear and confident in our salvation. In Jesus' name, amen. Please rise for the Apostles' Creed. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth.
Let us pray for the whole people of God in Christ Jesus and for all people according to their needs. Today we send up a prayer of thanks and gratitude for all who have served and sacrificed by their military service to preserve the freedoms we too often take for granted in this great country. O Jesus Christ, do not delay. Lord, we have filled our lives with so much busyness and chaos. Help us to remove from our lives those things that are not beneficial and to lead quiet, peaceful lives that honor you. O Jesus Christ, do not delay. Lord, we are frequently tempted toward laziness and slothfulness. Strengthen us not to be idle or lazy, but to work diligently for the good of our neighbors. O Jesus Christ, do not delay. Lord, you have borne our griefs and shared in our sorrows. Comfort all those who are suffering in grief, especially the family of Joe Gein, who has gone to join you in heaven. Point them to the hope of the resurrection to eternal life with Jesus. O Jesus Christ, do not delay. Lord, we pray for all of those who are single, whether by choice or circumstance. Be with them, Lord, and surround them with friends and community so that they might know the joys of fellowship and be kept from the agony of loneliness. O Jesus Christ, do not delay. Lord, we pray that your word might speed ahead so that all people hear the good news of your salvation. Embolden us to share that good news with others. We thank you for the efforts of the Lutheran Braille workers to spread your gospel. We also thank you for the generosity of those who provided the Christmas boxes, knowing they are sharing God's love with needy children. Oh, Jesus Christ, do not delay. Lord, look with favor upon all who are sick, injured, and recovering. Today we remember Mike Corby, who has been diagnosed with pancreatic cancer. Grant that your Holy Spirit be with him and Katie and the whole family as they deal with this difficult news. We pray for Pastor Brian, who's suffering back pain. Have mercy upon all your servants who suffer and restore them to health according to your wisdom. O Jesus Christ, do not delay. Lord Jesus, we commend all these people and situations into your hands, for you have promised to hear our prayers and intercede for us, and you live and reign with the Father and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. The Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is truly good, right, and salutary that we should at all times and in all places give thanks to you, Holy Lord, Almighty Father, everlasting God, through Jesus Christ our Lord, who having created all things, took on human flesh and was born of the Virgin Mary. 
For our sake he died on the cross and rose from the dead to put an end to death, thus fulfilling your will and gaining for you a holy people. Therefore, with angels and archangels and with all the company of heaven, we laud and magnify your glorious name, evermore praising you and singing. Remember us in your kingdom and teach us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. Our Lord Jesus Christ, on the night when he was betrayed, took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it, and gave it to the disciples, and said, Take, eat, this is my body, which is given for you, this do in remembrance of me. In the same way also he took the cup after supper, and when he had given thanks, he gave it to them, saying, Drink of it, all of you. This cup is the New Testament in my blood. Which is shed for you for the forgiveness of sins. This do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. The peace of the Lord be with you always. Please be seated. Peace and brokenness cast. 
Just when all hopes seemed lost, love opened the door for us. He said, "Come to the table. Come join the sinners who have been redeemed. Take your place beside the Savior. Sit down." Come to the table. Come meet this motley crew of misfits, these liars and these thieves. There's no one who welcome here. So that sin and shame that you brought with you.
Please rise. Let us pray. We give thanks to you, Almighty God, that you have refreshed us through this salutary gift, and we implore you that of your mercy you would strengthen us through the same in faith toward you and in fervent love toward one another. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord look upon you with favor and give you peace. Amen.
Please be seated. At this time, we welcome Daniel Jenkins from Lutheran Braille Workers for a short message. He will also be speaking between the, uh, during the Bible class hour after the service. And good morning, everybody. So it's a pleasure to be with you here this morning. And the very first thing I want to share with you might stun you. But do you know how many people in the world right now, approximately, are legally to fully blind? It's about 253 million people in the world right now, legally to fully blind. And 95% of that population is unchurched. In the United States, that number is eight and a half to nine million people who are legally to fully blind, and it's estimated 90% of that population is unchurched. In the state of California alone, over 980,000 people are legally to fully blind, and over 94% of that population is estimated to be unchurched. Even in this area, the Redding community, it's estimated there are over 4,000 people who are legally to fully blind just within this community. And we don't even know how many are unchurched. How do they get the word of God in their life? Can they simply go and purchase a Bible? They can. But if you look online right now for a Braille Bible, it would cost you between $800 to $1,000 to purchase one Bible. If you were to try to find a specialized large print, and I'm not talking the large print Bible you see in Barnes & Noble, but a true specialized large print Bible, if you were to try to buy one online right now, it'd be about four dollars to $500. And you would think with a population of that size, there has to be dozens of organizations in the world working to bring the love of Christ into their life, right? There has to be. It would be ridiculous to think otherwise but yet, right now, basically, it's Lutheran Braille Workers as the last Christian organization in the world bringing God's word in Braille and less specialized large print to this population. And we do it for free. And that's why I'm here this, today to talk with you. I've been invited to come up and talk about possible ways that Trinity Lutheran Church might be able to work with Lutheran Braille Workers so that you can spread the love of Christ to what is not an underserved population, but quite frankly is an unserved population in the world right now. And this is a population who is desperately seeking the love of Christ. They live in physical darkness, they live in spiritual darkness, and they have nowhere else to turn. And so I invite you to please join with me today during the Bible study session. I'm grateful for the opportunity to talk through this opportunity. And I'll share with you the very first thank you that I ever read when I came to Lutheran Braille Workers. It came from a 13-year-old boy in India who wrote, I know when I read Jesus' name because I can feel his love travel up my arm and to my heart. Will you help more people in the world know the love of Christ travel up their arms and to their hearts? Thank you. Thank you, Daniel. That's great. 
Are there any announcements? More than one? If there's any, if there's any more, please come up to the front and sit in the front pew. I don't bite. Good morning. There is a sign up out in the narthex for the Christmas dinner, and that will be happening on Saturday, December 10th. That's in three and a half weeks. So first we have the Early Learning Center Christmas program and the dinner to follow at 6 o'clock. And um, the entrees will be provided by us, and it will be ham and or spaghetti and meatballs or spaghetti and meat sauce, and then many side dishes. Each side dish should serve 12 people approximately. So it'll be down in the gym. It's lots of fun every year. So out in the narthex, there is a board with a pencil and a pen, and you can sign up what you want to bring. Thank you. Thank you, Laura. You're welcome to join us for coffee and snacks. You have an announcement? Okay. I, I thought you were supposed to sit in the front. <laughs> Got to be nice to him. He controls. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, while pastor's away, um, I'm going to be doing the uh, prayer requests and prayer updates. So if anybody has any, you can email the church office at office at readingtlc.org, or you can call the church office or my cell phone, residence, whatever. Okay? Wonderful. Thank you. All right. Well, there will be coffee and snacks in the parish hall, and uh, Daniel will be speaking, giving a more complete presentation about Lutheran Braille workers. Go in peace and serve the Lord. Thank you so much, Chris. Yeah. Is that fun to write? Or does it work? <laughs> it's 